this is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I just feel like it was really entertaining to like <laughs> entertaining uh, to like you know having this whole discussion like all of a sudden you know open up this complete new mindset about the music. You know the the yeah, benefit it's very of, interesting. of dance. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, and how does that actually contribute to the mindset of innovation? Yes, I'm gonna right? have to. Th <laughs> well, maybe we'll do a part two. Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. I'm gonna have to think a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we can talk more um, in terms of like, how do you really like a part of your uh, mission in life is really kind of bring more innovation. Sure. I will highly encourage you to bring variation of creative arts. Yeah, I guess I should do more of that. What yeah. You do. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. I, I feel like I've learned a lot. Are we done? Yeah. No, not okay, yet. Got more? Okay. So, yeah. Uh, is there any personal challenges that you're facing? During your whole, you know, journey of oh, being personal? an innovator, yeah. um, I would say uh, basically have, being an ADD person. Oh, you are. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's again, it wasn't terrible, but yeah. it was like I, yeah. it, it was harder for me than the average person yeah. to to study. Yes. As I was always drawn to everything. Wow. Um, and so, yeah. I mean, at this point. Um, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm mostly managing it, but yeah, that was a challenge. If you yeah. ask my wife that question, she'll tell you the same thing. Wow. Yeah, just you know, going off and like uh, you know, it, it's not out of focus. Well, stuff. yeah, it's not. It's not the hyperactivity with me. It's yeah. more the um, attention, okay. the, the sort of being interested in everything. Yeah. Um, so that. Oh, well, I um, can see that a little bit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that, um, yeah, that was that was a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, I loved school, but definitely in school. Yes. Um, so yeah, I would say that was a combination of yeah. uh, reading about it, changing yeah. my own mindset yeah. towards it. I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ADD has been. Um, yeah, I mean, I thank God I've been very healthy. But I would say that was something wow. um, that I it, it, mostly uh, more in yeah. uh, earlier years I had to yeah. I had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, and so like you know, with both their personal challenges as well as you know this sort of professional challenges, like. Yeah. What did you learn from these, and what kind of word of wisdom that you can get for other people who's also, you know, passionate about, you know, this particular space? It's a great question. Um, it's funny. My answer will relate to, like, ADD as an example. Sure. It's funny. I think my answer would come back to. I'm sort of making this up to mindset. Yeah. yeah. So what have I learned th from those challenges? Yeah. Um, with ADD, for example, yeah. uh, in 19, in the mid-90s, there was a book, ADD, when it came out. Yeah. And I looked at it, and it was like one out of 20. And I checked, and I remember, do you, do, are you this 20. way, are you this way, this way, out of 20 yeah. questions? I was yeah. 19 and a half. Wow. And I, I remember going like this. I didn't, I, I didn't think, though, I have ADD. I thought, that's kind of interesting. Wow. I'm kind of like those ADD people. Right. I didn't think I was, right? Yeah. So, but now looking wow. back, it, it, it was mindset, and my wife and I have talked about this like for a while. Yeah. I, I didn't I didn't feel good about having ADD. Yeah. Embarrassed. Yeah. And she's helped me change. It's like no, it's just it's it's a limitation you have, and yeah. it's good in a lot but of ways. But also make you a very creative oh, make person. Sure, there's lots of good things to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sort of riffing on mindset, yeah. um, and also I, I was just thinking this this morning. Yeah. Also on the professional level. Yeah. If you're trying to change anything, whether it's how you think of innovation or whatever. Yeah. I've always said this too, changing your mindset is, is free, 
Mm-hmm. And it can be instant. It takes no time and no money, mm-hmm. but it's the hardest thing to do. Wow. So I just this morning was thinking I should use my acting background a bit. As a method actor, you just you believe you are that person. Yeah. So let's say I want to be more organized, right? Yeah. Um, I was thinking like maybe there's a way to say pretend you're playing a role yeah. of someone who's really organized. Like, wow, like that's it, interesting. It's, it's so hard ah, to change. I can learn something about yes, that. Yes, some change basic mindsets. Yeah. So I might come up with something around this. So I guess my point would be... I'm gonna yeah. be whatever the most disappointed person. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something to that. Yeah, but so I. But to answer the question, I, if I had to try to sum it up, it's like um, for those challenges, I think uh, a, an adaptation in mindset. Yeah. When I have changed my mind about something big, yeah, that's usually been very good. Yeah. So if you're talking to a young person, it yeah. might be especially startup founders who yeah. love their idea yes. is you know there's idea there's pl- neuroplasticity right. we should coin something like I- idea plasticity yeah. like even creative okay. people in startup I love your creativity. yeah they're, they're, the plasticity of the idea you know yeah. um, so i think a flexible um, mindset i yeah. think is probably my answer to Mm-hmm. What have you learned from professional and, and personal yeah, challenges? Yeah. yeah. Well, what I also learned is actually uh, how do you able to get out of that self judgment? It's really important. To to change, yeah. Well, I mean, to any cultivate any changes, whether for yourself and eventually yeah. impact the community well, you want to impact. Well, if you're right? not changing and yeah. you th- you're inherently you're instinctively judging the new thing as somehow not as good. Well, you also self judge and judging like, yourself. You know, in, like in I can't case, do it. Yeah. Like, so like you know, like say you're dealing with ADD, right? And and all like me, my point of view is actually I'm not good enough in the world. Yeah, yes, of course, yeah. Well, right? that's the other thing. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. So if you if you have a lot of those, and when things fail, you're giving yourself hard time. Yes, exactly. Or like when yeah. you feel like, oh, I'm embarrassed to talk about ADD. Yeah. Because people are gonna judge me. Yeah. You know those kind of like self compassion, yeah. self kindness is yeah. actually really important. I think so. And yeah. it's funny when I think East Coast versus West Coast in a way. <laughs> now that I think of it as an East Coast guy originally. Yeah. I would to to simplify it, you could say. In the in the real world, confidence. Yes. That's important. It's yes. important everywhere, right? Yeah. But I think out here we have a slightly different thing. Confidence could imply, oh, my my startup's going to work, yeah. and you don't admit wrong, and it's all very bravado. Yeah. I think out here it's more like, in some ways, it's more honest. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I screwed that up, and we failed. Yeah. People just don't care if they go through failed startups. Yeah. So I think um, I'm sort of riffing on it's like. But it's more like whether you fail or not. Nothing yeah. happened in the past, and what yeah. can you create newly? Yeah. Have you taken whatever you learn? Yeah. You know, I mean, even this whole you know podcast interview series is yeah. more about like what kind of wisdom that yeah. you learn out of your own life experience yeah. you know yeah. that you can contribute to other people yeah it's funny this yeah. is this is uh, it's interesting i i have never thought this before but i thought flexibility of mindset and changing quickly yeah like charles darwin said the and the animals that survive are not the strongest the uh, not the strongest the fastest or even the smartest yeah they're the most adaptable right so actually if you if i could Give like a magic power to a 27-year-old out there. Yeah. It wait, might wait, be wait. like, yeah. Okay, so that's start with 27, and then we also wanted you to give some advice to a younger generation, which is oh, a teenager okay, yeah. all the way down to 40s. All right, I think I'm starting to do that. Okay, yeah. so do so, 27. First. So the mindset would be one thing. Yeah. yeah okay. So the, the the young person. Yeah. So yeah, changing the mindset, being aware of your mindsets. Yeah. Knowing that they can change, yeah. knowing that they often should change, and then actually changing them. Yeah. That, I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah. I think this acting thing could be part, like yeah. play the role of that. Yeah. So ch- being aware of and changing it. mindsets is one yeah. thing. Yeah. Something else I wanted to tell like the, the young people about yeah. innovation was something yeah. I, I think I thought three years ago. 
everyone is telling you to innovate. Yes. Your teachers, your, your professors, your, your boss, the media, everything. Yeah. Everyone wants you, um, let's call her name, her Susan. Yeah. Susan, everyone wants you to innovate. But yes. you know the, the strange truth? Yeah. Nobody is asking for your specific innovation. Yeah. They all fight the specific innovation, yes. even though they want innovation in general. So yeah. get ready for that. Like nobody asked for the innovation wow. genome. Okay. And in fact, you know, n nobody asked for it at all. No, no one asked Jobs for this. Yeah. But it's more about you create, right? Like as an innovator, you yeah. can actually create. Yeah, but yeah. that's the reason the distance is your boss would say, I want you to innovate. And you say, how about this? They're like, no. <laughs> they don't, no one's asking for the, re the actual oh. innovation. Nobody, wow. really good point. people in the world, yeah. almost every innovation in history, nobody yeah. asked for it. Yeah. And I think on yeah. that note, we're out of power. Yeah, that's fine. We, we still have their professional. Oh, okay, yes, professional one, okay. Yeah, okay. All right, great. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I would say, kids, <laughs> mindset is one thing. Yeah. Um, and then this idea that if you're trying to innovate, expect this and don't be upset by it. Yeah. Yes, everyone's saying innovation is good. Yeah. But the specific thing yeah. to innovate, yeah. get to bring something into the world yeah. that most people could not have conceived of, don't think they want it, yeah. and might actively oppose it. Yeah. So I think, and so another mindset shift would yeah. be expect that, maybe even relish it. Yeah. If you, this is a cliche, if you're bringing yeah. something new into the world, yeah. it's going to face tremendous opposition right. many of the times. Right. And that's a good sign to some degree. Yeah. yeah. Um, and do you have. Um, you know, books recommendation for the younger generation? Oh yeah, books, yeah, I saw yeah. this too. So yeah. one is Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. I won't begin to explain it, but it's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. One of That's the greatest books on um, uh, philosophical. Are you into motorcycle? No, not at all. Yeah, no, okay. but it's an incredible book. Every okay. human being should read the book. Okay. Um, so it. that's on my, the. Uh, my yeah, on the esoteric level. Yeah. I would recommend people read the essays of Ralph Waldo Emerson, okay. the American philosopher. Yeah. Um, uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Yes. If you want to understand America, read Emerson. Um, yeah. Also, he's just. He's not only brilliant and a genius, yeah. his stuff is extremely applicable and practical. Wow. So Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, yeah. Ralph Waldo Emerson, and on the yeah. practical level, a book called Growing a Business by Paul Hawken, who's from around here. Okay. He started Smith & Hawken, the tools company, yeah. and Erewhon, the health food company. Wow. His, he wrote this book probably 20, 30 years ago. Uh-huh. Every page of it is still relevant today. Growing a Business is wow. and beautifully written. Any startup founder should read the book as well. So wow. those are my those are my things to read. Okay, and then what would be your three powerful words to give to our audience? Oh. <laughs> Let's see. Um, I, I'm trying to avoid the cliche. So I mean, innovation, of course. I'll skip yeah. that because um, I would say, um, all right, imagination. Obviously, I'm trying to get to a non. I might say the word wild. Wow. Because I when I part of my methodology is that I will say for this idea. Let's judge it for a second. Yeah. How wild is it? One to ten. Yeah. And everybody in the room knows how wild it is. And, yeah. and everybody in my methodology, yeah. everyone votes. Yeah. And also you vote worldly, practical. That's yeah. fine. But wild, I like it because some people say, and of course, when I did my thing, I thought that one I hate is um, impact versus effort. Yeah. The reason I hate that with innovation is yeah. if this thing is new, don't pretend you know the impact. You don't. Yeah. Don't get you're, you're faking yourself out. Right. But you can judge how wild it is. Yeah. Like when Airbnb came out, yeah. 
I remember when I heard about it, I was like, what the hell? What? Who's going to open a, 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 Everybody, like that was a wild on a level yeah. 10. Yeah. So I might say to, wild is kind of a summation of a lot of what I believe about yeah. like life and business and yeah. innovation. So I might say to the kids, the idea of wild, like it's yeah. not only fun and passionate, but it's also off the beaten path. Yeah. I often talk yeah. about the, the city of excellence and yeah. the wilds of innovation. Okay. The, the, the answers, the innovations are not in like the central place conceptually. Right. The innovations are always out in the wilds. Yeah. Okay. So if you if you get the metaphor, if you get good at being out in the wilds, yeah. another thing I say is innovation is not a garden. Yeah. It's a jungle. It's fundamentally different. <laughs> if you think it's if, if you think it's a garden, you think you're in control and you yeah, can control you things and you're right. safe and it doesn't yeah. change. It's it's actually and let's embrace this. It's wild. Yeah. It's a jungle. It's a river. You can't control it. It's a river. You can't control it very much. You yeah. can't have certainty. Yeah. You it, you're in danger. Things yeah. change. So wild and jungle are two yeah. of the words that I would say. Wow. Wait, in the third one. Oh yeah yeah. Um, so what did, what did I say? I said in imagination. Imagination and wild. wild. Um, oh. It sounds cliche too, but um, laughter, Ooh, humor, I um, I, and, and look, people say this, yeah. and it's fine. But boy, is that interwoven into all my talks and workshops? Yeah. Not just because I, I love to laugh and make people laugh, yeah. Yeah. but um, I would say, the, just like with dancing and dementia, yeah. Yeah. the benefits of really laughing. Yeah. Not it's like laughing yoga. You know that. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, I got to check that out. <laughs> but the benefits to me of really. Uh, laughing, yeah. uh, not fake laughing, but like yeah. it, it indicates that you're comfortable. Yeah. I just think when there's humor involved, yeah. um, so much more is possible. Yeah. And I connect the two. Yeah. My third word is laughter because mindset yeah. can be changed through humor. Yes. And I if was you connect those two. That. Oh my God, our brain started sinking. There we go, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, sinking up. <laughs> I yeah. was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. So I would say, I would end with that is, uh, and I'm not saying like laughter, you know, I yeah. would say, you know, we all love to laugh. Yeah. And I, I've often thought this too. It's like if you're working for an organization where there's not a lot of laughter, yeah. that's a really bad sign. Yeah. So kids, yeah. go f go ye forth yeah. and 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 uh, uh, imagine, be wild, and and laugh. I think that's pretty wow. good. Wow. Right? Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Why not? Yeah, and you know, you also make me kind of curious, like what kind of chemical uh, that your brain oh, created yeah. when you laugh. Oh, I'm sure. Does that I, make you more uh, yes. accepting, I, more open, I, I, feel more loving? I'm sure there's something about that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I, I could look it up, but I don't even feel the need to. Like. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think I read oxytocin. something. oxytocin. Yes, I think it's oxytocin. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's. I, I'm sure that there's there are many studies that say yeah. it releases all these good things. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere that it's like, yeah, laughter is it builds trust. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good things about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's. Um, I think that would be useful to young people because if you're young, you're still trying to prove yourself. Yes. You think you got to be serious, take everything seriously. Um, uh, uh, yeah, and I would say one of the ways that I work with executives um, is just naturally coming in as a real person. Yeah. Yeah. And and because I do like to laugh, like I goof around and yeah, um, that's so that really good. It, in the right setting. Uh, humor, natural human laughter yeah. and humor yeah. can be not just fun but very yeah. um, useful. I as also well. feel when you have the humor and the laughter, you know, it also creates this whole different dynamic because our attention span are getting less and less. Oh yeah, right because of the phone, because of the it amount does. of requests that come into us. And then when you have someone who's more unique, it makes us laugh. Yes, you know, make us focus. you know like you know have some kind of humor. It creates oh that's different. Exactly, you know, and yeah. you remember more. You're more accepting. You're more 100%, open. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, we know. 
that we know that la actually laughter um, is one of the things that helps people retain more as well. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So laughter, yeah. music, dance, it's, it's all good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, can I do a high five? High five. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you, so Thank you everybody. Much. Yeah, yes. bye. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. That was fun. Stage 4 show fan, I hope you love this interview. COVID-19 made me realize that wisdom from these top industry leaders is invaluable for dealing with uncertainty and building resilience. When you share our show, you're helping change lives too. I love you and I'll see you in the next show. Stage 4 is an educational arm of Dance for Healing. Check out our COVID-19 initiative at www.stage iv.org and www.dance4healing.com Yeah, now come back, we're going to talk about the challenges in healthcare innovation, yeah. which I call it healthcare turtle. Yes. As a chapter in my box. Exactly. So, yeah. Yo, tell yeah, us again, more I'm about not an expert innovation. at it, but yeah. yeah. Um, so even back then, Chopra's thing, and, and he draws an Ayurvedic, et cetera, yeah. he said, and I remember a lot of the lines verbatim, he says, um, you know, Western medicine treats the body as essentially a machine. And each part's a little different. And yeah. he, he says the, river, the body's a river of information, yeah. changing every second. Like yeah. the whole mindset of what Chopra was saying, even that, that far back, mm -hmm. was so different than the, um, the, the Western medicine yeah. that I actually, it's, I, I had lunch with my, at the time, uh, and still ex-girlfriend. And I remember, and super bright, super nice, super curious person. But I remember I was talking about this Chopra stuff and she literally looked at me and said, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. And this is a smart, curious person. Yeah. Because she's at Harvard Medical School, the yes. pinnacle, yeah. and she's being like, she's learning that stuff. So anyway, what I've, what I've noticed and hasn't yeah. really changed is, it's not only that West, now of course alternative and Eastern stuff has gotten much more. Yes, but right. I think the basic healthcare system yeah. is antiquated, crazy, irrational, yeah. Yeah. special interest, et cetera. So that's both a mindset, that's a, a wicked combination yeah. of uh, uh, an old mindset yeah. and old vested interests and power. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So um, that's why um, I've worked with some healthcare companies, etc. Yes. Yeah. I would put medical as one of the tougher areas in which to innovate. People's lives are at I stake, right? Know. You know this, right? Yeah. People's lives are at stake. Technology innovation, and then all of a sudden, because of my cancer, I am like, trying very hard or we put all yeah. my heart and soul into like innovation in healthcare and then i learned that oh my gosh this is very very it's a completely different animal yeah exactly yeah. yeah so um boy do i not have an absolute answer for this but <laughs> i would say this um my my order is yeah. if i work with an organization yeah. you gotta talk about innovation mindset yeah then you know everyone's talking about the tool set the technologies yes. yeah. and then the skill set that's yes. that's the methodologies yes. i think for me the healthcare industry more than other industries needs mindset stuff yes i mean everyone needs tool set yeah. and skill set fine yeah. but the um like the auto industry yeah they are 
I've worked with four or five of the largest ones. They're yeah. going into the future. Yeah, you, you, mindset still helps, yeah. but they're just like uh, you know self-driving cars. Competition too. It's competition. Yeah. yeah. So their mindset is is well on the way. Yes. Right. I would actually say the big among the big car companies, the mindset is pretty good in terms yeah. of innovation. Yeah. But healthcare, this is why the big debate in this country. You know. Yeah. Um, so again, I don't. I'm probably not illuminating anything, but I would just say um, certainly the now people in healthcare tend to be very smart. Yeah. But they're smart in 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 that way they that embraces the old machine. It. Yeah, they're like yeah. this and they're rigid. Yeah. yeah. So um mm -hmm. yeah, so I guess I'm saying mindset is maybe more important in, in innovation mindset in healthcare than in other places. Right. And again, right. that's why um I'll jump to topics a bit. That's why history is so important, mm, right? And, and when I looked at your questions about yeah. what, what to leave people with, yeah. and this is useful. It's like Steve Jobs said, you can only connect the dots in your life looking back. Yeah. I've always loved history. I've always yeah. read a lot of history. Yeah. I never knew why I was reading so the history. So before yeah. we go on to the history, um, history um, I just wanted to share. So I really actually love, and this is unexpected, honestly, yeah, yeah, like sure. to bring back this whole discussion about yeah. the Chopra. Um, so obviously, you can probably tell I'm Chinese. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I, I grew up with Chinese medicine, it's like a common practice, right? Yeah. And which a lot is like your cheese, your yeah. you know your lifestyle, your diet. You know, like you know, like you know, your your doctor look at your face, look at your mouth, look at your vein. You know, to kind of determine if there's some internal you know things going right. on that was the root cause of your disease right you know so that's one thing and then when you come to the US then you realize that like all these like uh, Western trained doctor are mostly like considered Chinese medicine is like yeah you know I think late years it started getting a little bit better like you I can so get yeah. acupuncture like you know reimbursed by insurance but a lot of times it still have this sort of kind of sure. like separated right this is Western medication yep. I and mean, like Western medicine and this is like whatever it's your thing right and then um, there is one uh, organization that I do really appreciate. It's the functional medicine. Oh, you know, I know about that a little bit. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. Exactly, right? Uh, Mark Hyman, you know, who's uh, I think was the executive director of the Functional Medicine Maybe, Institute, know, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that in itself, you know, it's a smart strategy to yeah. kind of adapting Mona's mindset that you're talking about yes. into the US healthcare system. Absolutely, yeah. 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 So yeah. what they do is they take the Western train doctors, oh. you know, which is proven in Asate and the Western medicine and the US and then they train them for, you know, sort of understanding of the whole lifestyle impact. Right. Oh, good. You know, yeah. both the diet, the uh, inflammation in your body that right. caused by the diet, uh, the sleep, the exercise. Right. The holistic. Know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. More like holistic looking at your whole, like, you know, even like go down to like, you know, like the, um, your biomes, like, you know, your right. body, you yeah. know, like uh, your, you know, are you allergic to certain food? You know, that kind of things, right? Yeah. You know, which I think is a quite smart strategy in some ways, kind of sure. like innovation and the and well, the US, sure. you know, and medicine. To, and to give it credit, yeah. uh, for from 20 years ago to today, yeah. in, in the United States, the amount of alternative medicines, Eastern, et cetera, it's, yeah. it's exploded. So you yeah. do have to give some credit, but yeah, that's frankly absolutely. mostly to patients. Yeah. That's patients are saying, look, I don't care if they don't reimburse my acupuncture, it helps me. Yes. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a, I'm not a pot guy at all, yeah. but I, 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 from what I've heard, it's like, yeah, uh, cannabis can help you with certain yeah. certain things, it right? Does, yeah. So um, I think that's so. Yeah, it's funny. It, it does get back to mindset. Yeah. So it's funny. I think I would put it this way: 
if I was doing a slide, yeah. in the actual <laughs> treatment of the patient. Yes. Because, I love because your academic background. Yeah, exactly. Here's, here's the model I'm thinking about, right? You have a y-axis and an x-axis. Yeah. Um, if I'm drawing up here for the people out there. Yeah. But um, in terms of the actual treatment of the patient, yes. um, I think that has changed a lot, driven by the yeah. patient. Yes. But what hasn't changed, if you go like, if this is the interaction, is yeah. the giant structure, financial, et cetera. Yeah. That has not changed. Yeah. So I think it's, in some ways, like if I'm your doctor, and I'm just like, this Chinese stuff is crazy. But you just keep coming in and I was like, it's working. Like, I think from what I know, doctors reluctantly are like, hey, you know what, you were right. Yeah. That's, that dynamic does not happen with the bigger picture. Yeah. That's why every presidential campaign, it's the same thing. We've got to, re we've got to really get health care in this country. Yeah. And you know, as a progressive, it's like. But maybe, we like the only Western country that don't have this. It's terrible, like, I know. Yeah. Well, that's like, a political this, thing too, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. healthcare system that most other Western countries have. Yeah, so. I. And and look, I know, man, man, I know it's hard. I'm t I totally agree with you. Yes, I do. Yeah. No defense at all. But like, yeah. you know, places like the Mayo Clinic, like there are pockets, yeah. and I know that IDEO has worked yeah. creating some cool experiences. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah Dennis Boyle is also one of my Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's at the Design for Health. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know if I have much more to add on that, but just yeah. that uh, healthcare in general is yeah. a relatively conservative and, and insular looking industry it seems to me yeah. then they need to oh can I make one more point about history yeah it's like the thing that I say to people who are really locked into where they are is yeah. if you look at history especially yeah. the history of innovation yes you see if something is here it's going to evolve in general even yes. if it's good yeah like you know telephones were good uh, we didn't need to do any more, but then, oh, mobile phones, yeah. we, and that was good enough. We didn't yeah. need to do the iPhone. Yeah. Even if something's good, yeah. historically, it's going to get improved and innovated. Yeah. If it's terrible, yeah. someone is going to eventually come along, yeah. like medi medical and also the, the airline industries. Yeah. That's the things people okay. hate. <laughs> Everything else is like, what about shopping? You just dream it up and they throw it over your fence, yeah. like Amazon. Yeah. You know, like the, the world is getting more, you know, magical and easy yeah. and most ways yeah. but in like in a, in a realm like and, and look I think people in the medical industry know this at some level yeah if they if they don't if they're not part of the innovation change yeah they're gonna get disrupted yeah just like the cab companies did yeah you know so I think yeah. that's why well so this you know, is again back to your uh, you know your point of like the mindset is so important yeah Right, like you know, what I learned because my company, Dance for Healing, is more like an advocate for creative arts based on the published medical research. Yeah. And then, like, oftentimes when I speak at conferences, like, how many people like music? It'll be a whole room. Yep. How many people like dance? Maybe half the room. Yeah. And then I'm like, did you know creative arts celebrity improve quality of life for cancer patients by 50% wow. and reduce pain by 59%? Anyone? And the whole room is 59%? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah the pain wow. data is especially impressive. And this is just cancer, right? Wow. But then outside of cancer, dancing actually reduced risk of dementia does it? By 76%. What? Dancing and, does? Yeah, that's a 21 year research published on New, uh, New England Journal of Medicine. Do they know why? Oh yeah, it makes you happy so, or well, keeps the brain going. Sings you into music. Yeah, you know, this will be a good quiz for you. So think about the track. Uh, Twenty-one years from nineteen eighty to two, uh, two thousand one. It is track daily activity and uh, daily exercise. So like walking, biking, golf, tennis, swimming, listen to music, and daily activity like reading and writing, solving puzzles. Right. Um, and then. It turns out dancing was the only physical activity. It shows that it resolved reducing risk of dementia. Wow. And then the highest by 76%. That's crazy. The second data is solving difficult puzzle, which yeah. in this case was uh, crossword, crossword puzzles. Yeah. 
that was uh, 47%. Right, that I knew about dancing, I did not know about Yeah, that. and then the third one is reading and writing, you get 35%. Really? So can you guess why? Dancing, 76. I should be able to get this. All right, well, let, think let, about the second one and then go back to the Wait, the second one. one is the... Um, Solving puzzle, 47%. Oh, I, all right, I'm gonna totally guess, dancing. Yeah. When you're dancing, if you're dancing with someone else, you're constantly having to pay attention and respond, is that one thing? Well, Are you being creative, uh, or is it well, the physical thing? Well, think about thing? why I say since you're a musician, that's why I wanna ask you. Oh, do you use a different part of your brain? Uh, yes. Yes. You're sort of on point. But what happened to you brain when you listen to music? Oh, it different neurons? It creates new neurons? You kind of on point. Brain right. refreshing neuroplasticity? Well, kinda? yes, and sort of close. But we talk about music as a mathematic, uh, you know. Oh, uh, right. Right? So yeah. in a split a second, your brain it's literally doing this mathematical calculation on the musical beats. Oh, to, to stay in touch, in tune with it. What, your brain oh. is naturally doing that, right? You, and then in a split a second, you have to send that signal to your hands, your fingers. You that know, is, one, two, that three, is four. fascinating. I should have been able to figure right? that out. And yeah. so there's a, the part of that brain and the right brain is constantly working together. So in other words, if I hear, a, if I hear the beat the that goes bak, 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 yeah. bak, if I'm going to go, I have See? to constantly yeah. hear the beat, perform yeah. a quasi-mathematical yeah. thing, and to get my body to go yeah. with the beat, yeah. I'm, performing, I'm performing math. Ah. Yes, exactly. That's unbelievable. Right, and then you start adding some styles in there. You know, I'm that's gonna make my clients. I'm gonna ask my clients <laughs> to dance. Right. Innovation dance. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, I have run like whole. Uh, sort that's of really like good. Improv workshops. That's interesting. For, yeah. For creativity. Yeah. And innovation. So. Well, that's that's jumping a bit. That's like, <laughs> you know, tribal people. Yeah. Everybody from like, uh, you know, Africa to the Celts yeah. to Europe to everywhere. Any yeah. tribal or folk tradition has yeah. tons of dancing. Yeah. And so it's like. Well, it's one of the most ancient it, healing yes. modalities. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's why. I mean, that's one. One of the wonderful things about Eastern or alternative stuff is yeah. just it honors uh, in ways that it should what, yeah. what has been around for thousands or millions of years. Yeah. And it, it acknowledges it's probably been that way for a reason. Like I would never thought dance. Oh yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, so like for me, you know, like sure, like I did benefit a lot when I was going through cancer, right? Like I share, like went back to my, my childhood love yeah. of creative arts. But then really it triggered me to decide to left my high paid corporate career. Right. You know, to bring up the awareness and to innovate in healthcare, yeah. to provide more creative arts to people who stuck at home like me. Right. You know, it was really like realization of shit, there's a huge gap. Uh oh yeah. I just say that on like podcast. Okay, we'll bleep it out. Yeah. So it, you know there's a huge gap. They've heard gap. the word before. Yeah. Don't don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. There's a huge gap between the amount of medical research conducted yeah. and then the amount of implementations currently for creative arts in healthcare. Oh right, okay. Right. And yeah. then you know when you think about like you know when we go back to this whole landscape of economic impacts. Yeah. You you know, dementia uh, is actually one of the highest medical costs sure, for course. the aging population. Because it destroys you so much of your life, yeah. Right, and then the prediction is one in three dollar in U.S. Uh, Medicare system Goes to will go to Alzheimer's. Just because of the nature of it, yeah. yeah and well, also the baby yeah. boomers, too. But, uh, oh, yeah. right, because of the aging. Yeah. But the dancing affects, is it dementia or Alzheimer's? Or, or, well, or so sort of both, Alzheimer right? is a one form of dementia. It's one form of dementia. That okay. particular one is dementia. So this helps. Including Alzheimer's. Oh, so this helps dementia in general. 
Yes. I just realized I'm going to have to bring out the music with my wife, and every after dinner we're going to have to dance a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a good strategy. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. The other data that was really really impressive. Uh, right now I'm actually setting up cooperation with Stanford Cardiovascular Institute. Are you really? Uh, wow. Yeah. And so that is because um, there's a, a study published by University of Sydney. Okay. Uh, which is uh, 48,000 patients in UK okay. for 20 years of tracking okay. for cardiovascular death. Okay. Dancing reduced cardiovascular death by 46%. What? You're, why? Compared Different to reason. exercise. Are you kidding? Yeah, I can share Compared the actual study. Other... Yeah. That's amazing. So yes. everyone's so into exercise. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's good, but you should also be dancing. Yeah. Why well, is it better than exercise? Well, so when I'm having this deep it's conversation the with, the, with the researchers, you know, like they're like, oh, yeah, we know exercise really make a difference for cardiovascular yeah. patient. So that's known. But it, what they didn't really know is actually there's a differences between regular exercise yeah. versus, you know, the sort of more creative, you know, kind of uh, dancing exercise. Ah, right. And then, you know, my company technically, even though it's Creative Arts is called Dance for Heating, but really is a behavior change company. Yeah. And a lot is that, you know, when you think about uh, BJ Fox model, are you familiar with that? So the Fox behavior model is kind of like this, right? Okay. So this side is your motivation. Yeah. This side is ability. Okay. And then in order to help any behavior to change, there's a curve here. Uh, right. Outside of this curve is what kind of behavior prompt. Yeah. that you actually have. Right. So, like say for example, in the case of patient, that patient could be, I have motivation because I want to get healthier. Right. Uh, I have ability to move. I'm not 100% like lying right. on the couch. But then I can sit there whole day and do nothing. Okay, Very right. common, right? Yeah. And so what happened of that is like this, this lack of behavior prompt. And so one quick right. example what BJ Fat used is that imagine your phone ring, you didn't pick it up. Why? So if you are in the shower, that right. means you have no ability to Ability, up. yeah. But that can be changed due to technology. We might be able to design sure. a button or push yeah. a button in the shower, yeah. right? Uh, so that could change. But then if you see an X call, you want to pick it up. That's difficult to change because yes. that's motivation. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right? And then oftentimes you don't pick up the phone, not because of either, but because you simply did not hear the phone Right, right. sure, yeah. That's the trigger. Oh, uh, right, know? that makes yeah, sense, yeah. Yeah, he used to call trigger and now he called prompt. Prompt, you yeah. Know? And so like a lot of our model was actually inspired by his conference called Design for Dance. Oh, you nice. Know? So as one of the behavior design experts, he sees dance as one of the most effective way of changing your behavior. It's really big. Yeah, yeah, because, you know, it's fun, it's easy to do. Music is a natural behavior trigger for moments, you know, like for me, like the way I describe myself, it's like I can't resist music. Like doesn't matter what. See, you by play. the way, I'm so glad I've done this. But on the other hand, you're, you've you've just created an, a monster with me because oh, yeah. I realized, and and I hope none of my clients are watching because I won't I won't certainly do this. Yeah. But I'm picturing saying to my clients during workshops, all right, everybody get up. Yeah. And I am a guitarist. Yeah. And I could play the blues. Like yeah. I could say, you're all going to yeah. dance to the Innovation Blues. Yes. And I could make up lyrics as we go. Oh, yeah. But I imagine even in the short run, yeah. just yeah. getting them to move around yeah. would, would loosen things up. Right? Oh, yeah. It's actually more than that. So like um, in our Dance for Healing program, we had this eight-week mindful movement program. And then we had a launch party. You know, really the goal is to helping uh, patients find accountable buddy right a week innovation program right, right? Um, we do a lot of improv exercise so like one of the fun one we do is like it's actually based on neuroscience but I'll tell you first what it is so basically you said you know how like how many times you go to a party and you can't remember anyone's name sure 
right? And it's kind of embarrassing, yeah. right? Like you're like, someone say hi to you, like, ah. Sure, yeah, yeah. Right? And so the, the quick exercise we do is like, say your name. Yeah. Make a sound an animal, start with the first letter of your first name, and do the animal dance. Oh, so I would say Bill. I would say a, a bull, and yeah. I'd be like, I'm doing the bull dance, right? Well, no, you actually need to make it sound like a bull. Yeah, and then you do your bull dance. And then everybody has to follow you. So they have to just say, Bill, That's funny. <laughs> you see? And then everybody get a good laugh. You know? That's an easy one. I can just can I steal that from you. Oh yeah, I absolutely. love that one. Yeah, I actually got two hundred people to dance at Stanford D School. You did? Yeah, because well, my company won the uh, Stanford Medicine X Healthcare Design did Award. Did you? When, when was this? Oh, uh, this is two years ago. Really? Yeah. Wow. And thank you for listening to this wonderful interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. We hope to see you soon in the next part of interview. Stay tuned. Hey, Stage 4 Show fan! I hope you love this interview. COVID-19 made me realize that wisdom from these top industry leaders is invaluable for dealing with uncertainty and building resilience. When you share our show, you're helping change lives too. I love you, and I'll see you in the next show. Stage 4 is an educational arm of Dance for Healing. Check out our COVID-19 initiative at www.stage.com iv.org and www.dance4healing.com Okay, we're back. Yep. Yeah. All right, so welcome back to the show. So uh, we were just talking about innovation challenges. And in my book, I have a whole chapter called Healthcare Total, oh, which good. is more specific for healthcare. But honestly, innovation is the challenges that innovators facing, whether it's in the corporate world or startup world, it's actually very similar. It doesn't matter what yeah. industry you are. So here, you know, we have Bill O'Connor who have what, 10 years of innovation experience? I would say 20, others? probably. 10 doing just this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 10 specific. And then specific, total yeah. 20 years. At least, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it would be really cool if we can summarize what kind of challenges specifically in the corporation? Yeah. And then what kind of oh. challenges for startups who are trying to innovate in the industry that was Yeah, I can, I can talk about corporates and startups, then I can talk about healthcare if you want after that. Yeah, yeah. that's perfect. Okay. Yeah, so I'll wrap that up. So I would say, um, and again, this, this is such a deep subject, but yes. I, simply put, so again, I've worked with definitely like around 225 companies. Yeah. The pattern that I see is, yes. um, what pattern do I see that prevent innovation. Um, the company was founded usually back in the day yeah. by entrepreneurs and startup types, mm -hmm. even they called that, yeah. and then it gets successful. Yeah. So once it's successful, all of the sort of, um, all the sort of incentives change. Mm -hmm. you, it, you sort of instinctively get, get promoted or encouraged to promote the status quo right. and not to take risks. It's uh -huh. all the stuff that we know about, like yeah. you know, risk averse and things like that. Yeah. Um, the deeper thing though, I mm -hmm. think is, is mindset. And I know mindset. everyone's talking about mindset. Interesting. Um, I think most corporate people, uh, most, uh, I mean, 
out of the global 2,000, the 2,000 yeah. largest companies on earth, yeah. I would say maybe 1% has, have an innovation strategy. Mm. Maybe. That's how, that's how, 1 maybe 1%. Strategy. Yeah. Wow. And uh, you know, my view is that maybe a third of them have good corporate strategies. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just making that up. Like that's from what I've seen and what I've read, right? Wow. Okay. Um, but that goes to show that it's like, even the companies that I talk to, and there's mm -hmm. a bit of self-selection, yeah. how do they find their way to me? How do I find my way to them? They're, yes. If I've met them, they're already at least sort of interested in it. Yeah, they're and, kind of but, aware yeah. of that issue. Yeah, but, yeah, but even, I mean, if you, if, I, if you took the average $3 billion company, let's yeah. say, yeah. Um, I would say, and this, this again sounds harsh, but it's, I believe it's true, there's kind of like between do you think there's like a safety concern? Of course it is, yeah. Right, like for yeah. the executive, course, like yeah. if they screw up. If they screw up, yeah. it's, it, you know. Yeah. But I was saying there's probably between like five and uh, and a hundred people mm -hmm. that are really gung-ho on innovation. Mm -hmm. They have the mindset. Yeah. They understand the world is, is the world is dynamic or potential right, to be right, dynamic. Right. And most other people are sort of like, yeah. I, sometimes I always say like, they think that this is real. Yeah. They think that the way the world is now yeah. is, and this is very unconscious. They just think, yeah. they, it's almost like right now, it's as if they looked at this room and thought everything has yeah. to say exactly where it is. Yes. And I think that's what's preventing, I think the innovation mindset, the idea that not only could things be better, but we could actually get there. Yeah. I think that is, that's the main, that's the challenge I'm up against every single just about every innovation engagement yeah. is that sense of the. I'm, I'm talking to people that are yeah. deep in the status quo. Yes. And they they want to break out to what I call the status novo, yeah. and I feel like I'm helping them to get there. Yeah. Um, and jumping topics a bit. I didn't plan this, but I do that through um, humor. Yeah. Through insulting them. <laughs> I, I said to my friend Maurice Conti. Humor is always I good. Know. It's a good weapon. <laughs> yeah, I work with Maurice yeah. Conti at Autodesk, and we used to joke about leaving and starting a consultancy. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, I said, I don't want to start a consultancy. Yeah. I want to start an insultancy because I want to just insult everybody right. and, and, and in a, in a way that that's the, the right way to get breaks them out of the comfort sometimes. zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean in a mean-spirited yeah. way, yeah. you know. But I'm I'm very honest with my clients, even yes. the CEO level. Yeah. Um. Uh. And I think that's that's necessary. So well, they probably new, need to hear that. They do need to hear it. Right, because yeah. like maybe there's too many people with power in oh, their world, yeah. you know, like in the corporation trying to like keep their job and of not course. say the CEO, yes. not afraid to speak up. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. The um, the emperor has no clothes, that kind of, yeah. Yes. So the exactly. higher up you go, in some ways yeah. the less reality you get, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I can jump, so that's corporate. There's a million yeah. reasons. Um, by the way, every, the conventional wisdom is you can't innovate in corporations. Um, that is true now. I I think, um, I wrote an essay about this, that's changing. Yeah. I think we're at a historical global inflection point. Mm -hmm. I think that corporations are gonna figure it out. Yeah. And I've said this to these young punks, the startups here, yes. it's like, if the corporations I've dealt with get that mindset, yeah. think of what they, and I, this is when I like to mock the startups. Yeah. I would say, yeah, guess what? They have a lot more money than you. Yes. I don't care about you four million in, in venture. Yeah. They spend that on pencils. Yes. That, you know, they have professionals. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah, and and I also said this, having been in five startups, they have normal people. Yeah. People in startups are nuts sometimes. Yeah. They have people who know what their roles are. Yes. They have a global reach. When yeah. the corporation, it's like, an, it's like a monster that wakes yeah. up. Yeah. When it wakes up with the innovation yeah. mindset, yeah. the world is gonna change. And yeah. I think for the better. Because yeah. it's ridiculous. If you look at- Why? 
I actually you think know? like you actually contribute, you know, hugely to this innovation industry. I'm like, trying, yeah. Yeah, because the structure that you create, you know, having you know my professional background. If you look at my LinkedIn profile, it's mostly large corporations. Yeah. And I came from that, and because of cancer, I cannot abandon my corporate career. And so what I really learned is like in corporation, because there's so many different layer of approval that you yeah, need, exactly. so many people you need to convince, yep. so many people are concerned about a job safety. You know, if you don't have a concrete idea or a document or some kind of structure, yeah. Where just like a menu, innovation menu. Come on, yeah. just pick it up. You yep. know, everything is already sorted out. There yep. will be too much concern and nothing ever happens. Yeah, well, that's a good yeah. way to put it. The yeah. work that I do, and now I've created a full innovation system. Yeah. Like I sort of realized my five techniques are just part. Yeah. So the full system, it's exactly what you said. It's, yeah. it's a way to say, this is this is some of the timeless universal principles of it. Yeah. So let's always do this. Mm -hmm. And the test, I've worked with seven, eight CEOs in the last 18 months. Yeah. Here's the test I haven't passed yet. It's like <laughs> if, if I if they install some of my stuff yeah. and then a new CEO comes in and he or she doesn't just rip it out, yeah. that's a good sign. Oh, because yeah. they shouldn't. This is what yeah. I say. The stuff that I'm talking yeah. about are time these are the things that yeah. any organization has to do to innovate. Right. So um yeah. that I'm jumping around a bit, but yeah. it's like it, well, is it's it a there, process. Is it the education uh, stuff, or is it like a software? What, what exactly you give? Well, right now it's in the yeah. form of. Um, I mean, when we do consulting, yeah, um, we are we are moving it, especially those five techniques. Yeah, we're moving that to software. We're working on that. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I mean, at the, but at this point now, it's it's in the form of um, the, the the thought leadership, the essays type stuff yeah. we do, and also the the individual work. Yeah. But it'll 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 will go to software at some okay. point. Okay, got yeah. it. And that's okay. the thing I want. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm jumping into a product spiel. Yeah, Let me no, jump back from okay. it. Yeah. Can yeah. I jump to startups though? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I was thinking. So that's time to do that. Oh, so anyway, yeah. so that's the conventional wisdom about corporates. Yeah. Most of it's true, but I think it's going to change. Yeah. For startups, what I've um. It's funny, so I was a startup guy. Yeah. And I was sort of. I was Wait, did you actually start the company before you went into the corporate? Uh, I was I was probably employee number. No, I, I didn't. St I, I did. I was probably employee number under twenty uh, three times. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. Fully, yeah. you know, common stuff. It is. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, but so when I was. Do, when I was in startups, mm -hmm. I was sort of, you know, still in love with innovation, and I would yeah. read the books and try to apply it, right? Mm -hmm. And then I went to Autodesk, big company, but and it was all about innovation. Now, I, when I combine the two, I came out of Autodesk thinking, all right, yeah. now, I don't know if startups will care about my stuff because I, I guess they kind of do all this naturally because yeah. they are actually the ones that innovate. But yeah. the fun thing, yeah. and this is an age thing too, I was like, I think I'm still relevant in my 50s, right? Yeah. The thing, so especially at the vault, I've been to, I've worked with startups in New York, yeah. uh, Atlanta. Um, yes. uh, the thing I've noticed is, unless they're being polite to me, yeah. they still care about these timeless universal principles. Yes, and well, I, yeah, of course. But I started yeah. to think about why. Yeah. If you did it on a chart, yeah. so let's say you and I do a startup. Yeah. We start in on January 1st. Right. One to 10, how innovative are we conceptually to yeah. get the funding? Let's say we're a nine. Yeah. The thing I've discovered is, okay, well, oh God, then we have to please the investors, we gotta hire people. Yeah. Oh boy, it's hard, we can't be this. It gets, I would say eight months in, rated one to 10. Well, we're down yeah. to like a six. 
So I've realized, yeah. and I found this um, instinctively because I would I would talk to founders, yeah. and I try to be humble and say, I'm sure you know yeah. all this, and he's and they would be like, Well, we forgot it. We yeah. you, you, over time, I think startups do yeah. get less mm -hmm. innovative with with some a lot of exceptions. But so that's right. so, what start they kind of got sucked into that corporate dynamic too, isn't it? Well, this is the thing that I've I've only known from this vantage point. So yeah. it's like. Um, here's the problem. The problem with, with corporates, we know to some degree, yeah. and I think that's that's mm -hmm. truly analyzed yeah. in the right way. But with startups, think about it. If I have a if I have a wild idea, right, and then um, uh, I'm I'm committed to that, and yeah. that's a good thing, right? Yeah. But that's also a bad thing. Yeah. Because what if I'm wrong? You know, and, and yeah. founders yeah. will stay, they will go down with the like, ship. Yes, right. And that's why the word pivot is so big. And I find that hilarious because pivot, pivot to me is another way of saying, oops, yeah. we didn't see that coming, you got to turn I, the car. So you get it. Yeah, so between yeah. fixating on your essential idea yeah. and also having to pivot, yeah. um, uh, those are some of the challenges that also my work, yeah. which again I think is yeah. tries to be timeless universal, yeah. can help with the startups. They have different challenges, right? but still in the same so, way, so mindset. So in summary, it was, one is, could be the funding. Sure. The other one it sounds to me, it's actually like, have you done your due diligence in your market? Sure, yeah. Have you done your sure. research, research? You know, have you just tested and, and you know, like sure. do a quick testing, despite the fact that it may be like a paper prototype versus yeah. like a really yeah. sophisticated yeah. Uh, mobile app that you build for a long time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. the Bay, I mean, this is a cliche that I believe is true. The Bay Area is great at that. Yeah. Launching things agile, lean, yeah. try it, I don't care if I fail. Yeah. Uh, we, we are very good at that. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, like when you talk about- Well, it's actually, yeah. um, I actually have to credit quite a bit to uh, Stanford. Uh, you know, we were just talking about David Kelly, yep. uh, you know, who was also part of the show. Um, and you know, my personal mentor for several years. One thing that I deeply appreciate about Stanford is like these schools set up in such a way that it's like, you know, any student at the, you know Stanford can take classes at this school, and usually it's pretty oh, competitive. Right. Nice, yeah. Like it does not matter whether you're engineer student, you're a business student, or you're a doctor. You know, you can come to this school and take class. And in fact, they don't want to set up as a major, you know, because when they first started, you know, they were very like adamant as like anybody need to learn design things. Right, yeah. You know, so like you, even you, like my company was a part of the startup branch at the MBA oh, school, okay, right? Yeah. And then in that, it was like, you know, when I went into that whole training, I was like, wait a second, this is all about design thinking, you know, like they asked you to yeah. that country interviews. In yeah, like yeah, three yeah, months, yeah, yeah. Right? It was yeah. like, even me, like, you know, coming from, you know, my my background expertise and design thinking sometimes you know you just like oh wow like when you don't have that kind of pressure you can go out and talk to 100 users yeah, right yeah. you know like you don't really like actually being very rigorous like oh my god this week i need to conduct like 20 interviews yeah, yeah. right like every day i need to call people yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you can get into the numbers game yeah. yeah yeah exactly so i certainly see you know that kind of ripple effect yeah. to the different parts of silicon valley too yeah but i mean yeah. look that said um if you look at the statistics, yeah. the anecdotals, whatever, still startups and especially startups here, yeah. the, you know the 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 rate the rate from different you know be around see different rounds yeah, is yeah. better here. Yeah. The launch rate is better. I call it innovation tempo. Yeah. How quickly oh. do you launch things, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I do. So wrapping it up a bit, I think it's interesting that the challenges that big companies face on innovation somewhat overlap with small yeah. companies. Yeah. They're different, but both of them have challenges. So one thing, you know, while you were talking and I just had this idea came out in my head and, and tell me if this is true or not. 
what I feel, and just based on my personal experience, you know, trying to innovate in healthcare with my own company, is that whether you are staff or not, oftentimes the people you need to collaborate with in the corporation is the innovation department. And then, you know, I even had people literally advising me of like, okay, if you wanted to like get a customer in one of these like large healthcare companies, you know, instead of working with the innovation department, you go work with the decision makers who's not an innovation department. There's three, uh, listen, we're having the same experience on, here on the couch. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, so I sometimes say the receptor cells for me in companies yeah. is the CEO and the top 20 people in the company, yeah. the innovation team over here, yeah. and the third group is like rising stars in the company. Yeah. It's like HR, somebody, performance, well, those three groups. Yeah. And, and what you just said is interesting. It depends. The innovation teams I have found at companies can be either uh, great, mm-hmm. and for me, they're the ones that bring me in, yeah. or they can be really defensive and yeah. want to defend what they're doing. Right? Yeah. And, and again, I, it can be a little bit of both. Sometimes well, they struggle yeah. with just to survive in this. Oh, of situation. course. Well, they, they have. Yeah. And the problem is if the CEO is not enlightened, um, the, the innovation team feels pressure all the yeah. time. Yeah. But that's what I'm yeah. saying. I'm laughing because I, I agree. It's, and that's why I have a system and it behooves me to pitch to the CEO if I can get there. Yeah. Um, but it depends on the CEO. In my experience, it's like, yeah. yeah, you can talk to a CEO if they actually, if they're not really into it deep in the gut, mm-hmm. if it's all lip service, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. So it yeah. depends. I think you're right, but it depends on the CEO. So yeah. that's the first question I ask with the door closed, like the innov- head of innovation. So yeah. honestly, is your CEO into innovation or not? Yeah. And, and they will, a lot of the time, I think they will tell me even if they're not yeah and they say it in nice ways yeah like they'll say well we're still educating them on that or they say they're still grappling with that and that yeah. means they're not yeah. you know yeah exactly yeah. Wow yeah, yeah. It's such a, a fundamental yeah. you know factors yeah. you know and then the sad thing is I don't want to name the corporation or their organization there were several times I discovered the innovation team the whole team got cut off Oh, of course. From corporations. It's Cut off like, or fired? Fired. I mean, oh, of course. literally like entire yeah. team, literally just everybody got, they don't, they don't call it fired, they could probably call it lay off and stuff. But it was just sad. Like. Well, I'm laughing because I have a crazy <laughs> metaphor in my head for that. So this is crazy, but who cares, right? Um, if, if, if I was a farmer and I had a, 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 a <laughs> I can't believe I'll say this. I, if I was a farmer and had a goat that was sick, it's almost like some villager says, I can dance around your goat and make yeah. them well. Yeah. And it's like, I'm like, all right, I don't understand the sickness. I don't understand what you're doing. This is like innovation. Yeah. So come on in and do it and dance around. And if yeah. the goat doesn't get well right away, get the hell out. <laughs> yeah. I'll bring someone else in. It's, it's, that's sarcastic, but it's almost like that. Yeah. Like for me, a lot of CEOs, and this is what I say, it's natural. The CEOs yeah. got to the top by doing yeah. X. Yeah. They don't want to do Y and Z, yeah. really. They don't. Just, yeah. uh, some, then, uh, there are some exceptions. Yeah. But that's why it's like, yeah, I'm the CEO, and it's like, okay, and this is the look in their eyes. Okay, uh, can you do the innovation? Like, get that whole thing moving, okay? Yeah. You promise, you, you, you know, you're dressed in a cool way, yeah. you, you have cool glasses. I always say, <laughs> you have a round business card, your name is Innovation, your title's Innovation Botanist, and I look over at you and like, you're cooler than me and younger. Yeah. And I was like, can you please handle all this? Yeah, hire people, get the guy who used to work for, for JP Morgan, yeah. he'll do the fund, yeah. and get the guy that used to work at MIT, they'll do yeah. the lab. Can you, can you just handle all that? Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I go back to my CEO stuff, and I'm doing my golf 
stuffing and my dinner and everything. Yeah. And every once in a while they say, why aren't you innovating? And I go, yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> get out. And then I had to get the new person, right? Yeah. And yeah. then in some occasion, I also observe like the corporation will sort of have like duplicated resources where they have like one innovation team here. Yeah. Another innovation team yeah. here, and then at some point they realize, oh wait a second, they kind of conflict They're conflicting, with each yeah. other, and then they will cut off yeah. one team. Well, of course, because it, who, who's innovating in a company? It's the it's the CEO and the top twenty, yeah. and or yeah. it's the innovation team, and yeah. or it's the product people. Yeah, it's product people who have decided to try to be innovative. Yeah, and they usually hate the innovation team. Those are natural enemies. Oh Because the I mean, <laughs> we saw this at Audis a little bit. It was like we had conflict. We were in the, the innovation group. Yeah, and we would have conflict conflict at times with the product team. Product yeah. team thinks those people are in the clouds, they don't know what the hell's going on, they're, they're in the future. Yeah. And sometimes you can look at the product people and say, yeah. you've been at the company for 14 years, you are in love with the current version of the product. Yeah. So actually, another essay I'm gonna write is, yeah. I think to, if I, the, one of the things that big companies have to do, yeah. and I have to research this to see if other people is, is create a, a launch team yeah. with a launch captain. Yeah. Because think of it, if the person is, if this is the company, and this is the market. Yeah. The person has to. Do you watch Game of Thrones at all? I. A little bit. I'm afraid of being addicted. So. Uh, okay, don't watch it. <laughs> so there's a thing called the wall there, right? Yeah. It's a big thing. So that this person has to stand on the wall. Yeah. Like think of it. The CEO is back here, well behind enemy yeah. lines. Yeah. Right. The innovation team is here, but usually they're not launching anything. Yeah. The product team is right here, yeah. launching things, but they're often launching boring things. Yeah. I think you need sort of an innovation launch captain. Yeah. yeah. And please let's not call him a VP, because that means he's. He's going to retire. A, a captain that yeah. basically says, "My job is yeah. to launch things," yeah. and he's he or she's going to work with the product team, yeah. but only if the product team helps them launch. Yeah. And, and this person will be like, "Look." I'm getting uh, uh, promotions, raises, kudos, everything on yeah. how many things we launch and, yeah. and that work well. Yeah. So if I could say it, everyone just shut up, stop fighting, and, and the launch captain is going to make the innovation team yeah. and the product people and yeah. the rising stars and the CEO all kind of get yeah. along. You almost talk about like a liaison. It is. It right? is really, yeah. yeah. But it's that person. Yeah. I mean, another way to put it would be that's the person in soccer that shoots at the goal. Yeah. And their job is to really shoot a lot at the yeah. goal. We well, don't have that and, in companies. And you're absolutely correct. And that person, even though if it exists, you know, that requires full support from the, the CEOs. Yeah. But that's uh, why I like this idea. Do you ever yeah. watch the show, the show Star Trek? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah the, mm -hmm. one of, of the, that show was partly based on there was this old series uh, they called them the Horatio Alger novels I think it was out of Britain and it was around the turn of the century and, and this guy was a captain at sea yeah. so yeah he was beholden to the parliament and the crown yeah. but was, when he's like in the middle of the Indian Ocean he's yeah. like his own man yeah. so that was why it was exciting thank you for listening to this wonderful interview I hope you enjoy as much as I do we hope to see you soon in the next part of interview. Stay tuned! Hey, Stage 4 Show fan! I hope you loved this interview. COVID-19 made me realize that wisdom from these top industry leaders is invaluable for dealing with uncertainty and building resilience. When you share our show, you're helping change lives too. I love you and I'll see you in the next show. Stage 4 is an educational arm of Dance for Healing. Check out our COVID-19 initiative at www.stage.com iv.org and www.
dns number four healing dot com. All right. Okay, we're back. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, um, how did you get started? We were just talking about all these. Sure. Innovations. Yeah. Um, I'd say at one level. Um, so I, you know, I was a, a musician in Boston, in London, and then I came back and did music in Boston a little bit too, and I got into oh. Boston publishing scene. Okay. So the short answer, the shorter answer of, of how I got started was I was in Boston publishing. Yeah. And I saw the whole multimedia thing happening. Okay. Even back then it was CD-ROMs, and I thought, wow, I love books. I know CD-ROMs, remember? Okay. But um, even the move to that, multimedia was a big deal. Uh -huh. um, so I joined a company that did that. Yeah. I worked a lot with Harvard and MIT yeah. called Interactive Factory, which is still around. Oh, wow. But yeah. then the internet hit. Um, actually, the internet hit before I went there, but the internet just took off like a wave yeah and um, you know I had met my wife in Boston and I remember yeah. just saying to her all of the cool companies that I wanted to work with were in San Francisco uh -huh. so again we moved out here in early 96 just wanted to be part of the revolution That's before I even there we go yeah exactly <laughs> um, Excuse my yeah um, but yeah so I think in terms of innovation I've always been uh, sort of I've always been fascinated by the subject yeah like even back in in Boston I was reading books about him books about creativity mm -hmm. historical innovators just out of a passion or out of an interest yeah then when I what came, did you study in college I was an English major yeah oh wow but I became sort of a business nerd um, uh, starting in right around 1987 mm -hmm. um, read an incredible book by yeah. Tom Peters called thriving on chaos was mm -hmm. the first real business book wow. really that grabbed me but yeah I just kind of read everything I could on business mm -hmm. and j even as I had you know jo jobs in publishing etc yeah. um, but when I was out here um, I think I was not only still studying innovation, but yeah. every company I worked for was doing an innovation, trying to do an innovation. Well, you're in Silicon Valley. Yeah, it was Silicon Valley, right <laughs> in the middle of it all. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, but there I was still, I guess, a practitioner of it. Yeah. I don't think I worked for one. Any, all the startups and all the jobs I had, I could say, were innovative or trying to be innovative. Yeah. Um, and then even at, at Autodesk, a bigger company. Yeah. Um, for a while, I was working in brand and strategy. Yes. Um, right. But um, then when I started to do more, um, I was became the CEO speechwriter and edited this technology yeah. journal. Um, well, well, the the answer about how I got started specifically with this work yeah. is. Um, we, Autodesk and the C CEO at the time was named Carl Bass. Yeah. From like 2006 to 2011, we got mm -hmm. very good at talking about innovation. Mm -hmm. And he was doing speeches, and I, I yeah. started doing speeches. Yeah. And um, then our customers would say, great, help me innovate. And yeah. we would just essentially say, we can't really. Do you want to hear the speech again? <laughs> it's like I could, I could read the speech to you again if that would help you. So that was the start for me of the Autodesk Innovation Genome Project. Yes. The idea was, Let's Why did you call it Genome Project? Well, I thought that name was really well, cool. Well, they did the human genome. Yes, yeah. And the music yeah. genome for Pandora. Yes, you know, right, right. Categorizing anything systematically. Yeah. Human DNA and, and genomic yes, related things. Right. And even music. Yeah. And I sort of thought, isn't it crazy that innovation is so important, yes. but we don't have an innovation genome. Yes. Like we, we, no one, as far as I knew, had gone yeah. and looked at hundreds or even thousands of innovations yes. and said, you know, like the, the four letter, the building blocks of life, there's four. Yeah. Like what are the essentials of innovation? What are the key um, principles, yes. uh, the timeless universal principles from which we could derive 
methods. Yeah. And I know that wasn't out there because I was the guy at every conference reading every possible book and it wasn't very practical. Yes. So when you say how I got started, and at the one level answer is, I just wanted to make sure that when big artist customers came to us and said, how do you innovate? Yeah. I could say, here's exactly how to innovate. Yeah. Here it is. There's a whole set of tools that you yeah. have probably never heard of before because yes. we just created them. So then for really about seven, is it seven? I guess about eight years, thank God for University of Ber UC Berkeley yes. and the Holt yeah. School, yeah. 29 researchers helped me st study 350 innovations oh, wow. going back three and a half million years. Mm -hmm. And just, uh, we kept identifying research leads to insights leads to methods we, we would really do research cool. we get to insights yeah and we did by the time I left Ardas I had the five essential innovation techniques mm -hmm. and I had talked to and worked with and tested it with about 450 uh, in innovation engagements yeah with about uh, you know uh, uh, what was it probably 190 country, uh, companies from about 45 yeah. countries so in that eight-year span yeah um, really driven from I didn't want to sit in these meetings anymore with executives and saying yeah, I have nothing right. for you yeah. we have wonderful software yeah. and we have wonderful like uh, I call it innovation poetry yes. but when they say can you help us I wanted to say so that's that's really what got me started on that path yeah that makes sense yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I'm almost like in the back of my mind, I have this thing like, do you think as a musician who has this embrace of their creativity actually really kind of plant that little innovation yeah. genome in you? That's very interesting. <laughs> Fist bump. Good, good question. Yeah, isn't See, it? See, I never thought of that before. Yeah. yeah. You know, you could be right in a way. It's I also attribute it to like I'm, I'm my whole life. I've kind of been interested in everything. Yes. So, but you're right. I think you could be right. Which is, if I just knew about the human genome. Yeah. But not the music genome. Yeah. I maybe I wouldn't have hit on the idea so much. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I, whenever I talk about the music genome, I thought, God, I wish I was part of that job. Yeah. Because what they would do, like I like, you know, the Beatles or Radiohead. Mm -hmm. You have to look at a Radiohead song, and you have to uh, put it on a continuum, 24 different continuums. Yes. Is it loud? Is it soft? Is it fast? I would love to do that. Like I love music, yeah. and, and but I love that nerdy side that quantifies it yeah. too. Yeah. So well, I always, music actually is a lot of it's mathematics. mathematics anyway. Yeah. Yes, so we yeah, just add exactly. another add another layer. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question though because I've always been fascinated with the music genome. Yes. But you you could be right. And again, it's funny you say this. People will say, um, "Wait a minute, you can't really." You can't put a system over innovation and creativity. It's like, absolutely you can. Yes. And I think you're right. Maybe I have yeah. that confidence being sort of a, uh, I mean, I've done other stuff too, um, in addition to a musician. Yeah. I've done a lot of creative writing. Yeah. I did a lot of yeah. theater in college. I think um, whenever someone hits me with the, you're stifling creativity, I can come back with, no, I've, I've tr spent a lot of my life trying to be creative. Right. Yeah. And I can tell you that this system will help you be creative or innovative yes. and imaginative. Right. So that's a good right. point. Yeah. I I don't usually, uh, you're, I probably don't connect my music stuff to this work as much as I should. So that's a good insight. Well, so what's interesting is um, a while back there was an article in New York Times and it's the title just art make you smarter. Ah, okay. And then, you know, when you read the article, what's simple is this is a, like um, kids, yeah. that comparison of kids who have uh, one museum visits. Oh, right. Like not even like say a, a continuous drawing classes or art classes, just visiting the museum. And then they track their academic performance. And it turns out the kids who had the museum visits, they perform a lot higher in terms of their academic oh, okay, sure, right. Right? So you see like it's just amazing. Yeah, like, it opens something up. Yeah. Right. Even right. though you might not realize, but 
you know, a lot of what you do is actually like you're talking about writing. You yeah, know? that's yeah. very creative. Sure. Right. Yeah. You know, you're talking about musics. Yeah, right. Definitely. Yeah. You know, and then I think what's unique about you is that you actually able to kind of not only taking your creativity. Yeah. And able to kind of implement that and to create a structure for innovation. Yeah, that's interesting. Right? I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't thought it? of it that way. It's very <laughs> funny. Yeah. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. And it's funny. Uh, so again, on, I mean, I wrote when I was in an actual band with original music. Yeah. I probably wrote about really about thirty or forty songs with with a songwriting partner. Yeah. And that maybe makes me think. If, in other words, to create the first tool that I created for yeah. this thing. Yeah. I had zero fear about creating something. I was like, all right, here's the research. What's the first tool? Yeah. I had zero fear. Maybe it is because when writing songs is like a risk as well. Yes. Like I would have to show that song to our band yeah. Yeah. and I'd have to play it publicly. So yeah, it's right. maybe musician make being a musician maybe makes you a little more less fearful about putting yourself out there. Maybe that's right. part of it. You know, because you know, one of the important things to survive, obviously, is like your willingness to kind of play. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the public settings, yeah, right? That's true. You know, and then what's really interesting, like when I started to interview like creative people, musicians, artists, some of them are actually really shy. Yes, introverts. It, yeah. Right. Like it's a surprise. You know, like like they the most comfortable space they feel is when they playing yes, with their pianos, exactly. when they singing. You know, and that was like the way for them to come out, like you know, in the way of like their shyness. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Which is yeah. amazing. Yeah, I know you wouldn't really think that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, well, that's yeah. a good. That's a good question. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so the, the music and other creative stuff I've done, I think that thinking about it that way has helped me to create. And yeah. still, we're still we're still evolving all these methods about innovation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's another thing. Just riffing on it, like, uh, you know, I mean, I have to admit. A lot of the songs I wrote, looking back, were really bad. <laughs> I okay. can admit that. Yeah. I look, I think about the lyrics and how preachy they were and yeah. terrible, right? So I'm not saying it's been all great, right? Some of the fiction stuff I've written, I think, is good. Yeah. Um, uh, so I've done, I've, 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 uh, I've done a lot of creative stuff yeah. at whatever level, yeah. right? And I think when I see, like, specifically executives in big companies, I think it's sort of like. I, 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 what I constantly say to them in a way is it's not as hard as you think to be creative and imaginative even in the right. corporate setting. Yes. And I think yeah. the fact that I've at least tried to do that a lot in my yeah. life, yeah. it actually exasperates me. Because yeah. I'll meet an executive that's like obviously very smart yes. and, and he or she is very nice. Yeah. And, and you ask them, what have you done that's creative in the last five years and they got nothing. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, well, uh, you know, you're not some unique, if I might say, dumbass who can't think, yeah. it's, it's the structure that, it's the lack of, of opportunity or structure that you're in. Also you know? lack of the time in the balance of life. Uh, like of what? Uh, lack of the time in the balance of life. The balance of life? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They may be just like, no, this is work and they do it. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. So the, yeah. I guess what I learned that is like when I was going through cancer, um, I pick up my art brushes after 12 years. Really? Yeah. Because, wow. you know, my undergrad is a fine art degree. Right, right. You know, so I had to, you know, start with light drawing, painting, you know, all that stuff. Right. Uh, and then, then I was working in internet technology, like Yahoo and AT&T Innovation right. Labs. And so for all of that, it's computer. Yeah, yeah, like, right. Like, I don't, I don't draw, yeah. like, you know, that much anymore, other than, like, quick sketches and yeah. stuff. Right? And then, so, like, when I was really, you know, it's funny, like, this is actually my childhood love, like, you know, since I was a kid. Right. Uh, and, but then, like, you know, part of the Chinese culture, you know, it was like, 
art does not make you money. Yes, of you course. Know? Yeah. And so like you are like supposed to be at least be stable. Yeah, it's not know? practical. Yeah. Yeah, of course, right. Exactly, right. And then so like, you know, my mom had this funny story like, you know, when I was uh, maybe three or four where she took me to my grandma's house and then she went to take a nap. Yeah. And then I went up to introduce myself to this whole group of people, you know. <laughs> it's, it's like funny. this yeah. is the Chinese four square house, you know, like yeah, this yeah, courtyard yeah. style house. And I went out and introduced myself and started singing and dancing for them. You did? Yeah, and oh, that was just, like three yeah. or four. So wow. you can see that was, you know, really deep embedded yeah. right. in, in my genes. Sure, right? yeah. Like the genome, right? Yeah. But then, like, you know, since I, I'm not supposed to do that. And then, actually, um, a while back in China, there's also this thing, like, kind of like go to art school because you can't do very well in academic. Right, That's why you yeah. go to art school. Right, sure. Right? And then, so, like, you know, a lot of these things, like what you share, is like, when when you face life and death in a such difficult situation like cancer, right. you really go back to your heart. To what's important. Right. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, it's like those things and then you know, on the day I couldn't get out of bed, I would listen to music. Nice. You yeah. know, on the days that I could, you know, move around a little bit and then I'll try to go to this class that's specific designed for cancer patients. Oh, okay. Right? And so like those are the times that you know, really make a differences in yeah. my ability to like dealing with this difficult situation. It's right. kind of like my little escape, yeah. right? Like you know, from from what I was really my body was fighting for. It. Yeah. Do you think it helped you? Oh yeah. It helps you recover that that happiness to come go back to that oh, stuff. Oh yeah, because like um, a huge part of what I'm doing even with this show is like um, I'm trying to educate and also inspiring people to empower them to have a concrete tool set where they can handle difficult life challenges. That's good, yeah, I like that. Right? Yeah. So for me, it's cancer, but for other people, you know, it could be a variations of different challenges sure, in yeah. life, right? Yeah. I like that idea of a tool set for different, yeah, I like that. That's a good, that's a good model. Yeah, you were going to say something? Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I was going to say uh, for you, like, you know, that topic kind of naturally into this conversation about what kind of challenges that you facing in your journey of like trying to create innovation both in the corporate world and now in the startup world. Oh, sure, yeah. Both personally and professionally. Yeah, um, I guess I could say, I mean, from, from the innovation side, yeah. let's see. It's like the old fiction thing. It's like man versus man, man or person versus nature versus yeah. themselves. Yeah. Um, I guess my first answer to that would be whenever I've done something that I was trying to be innovative or creative, yeah. that's the challenge of like, uh, that's the challenge of like the world, this is getting a little philosophical, yeah. it's like there's a status quo, yes. and I realized, I came up with the term the status novo, status quo, the state okay. of, of how it is, right and I was like, yeah, status that. novo, <laughs> yeah. the state of the new, right? Yes, right? And I've always been fascinated by how people move the world forward. Yes. Especially, like I say, written language used to be the way uh, with a pen and ink and all this stuff and yes. script and all this. And you know, an incremental improvement would have been like faster writing or, or like you know, massage your hand while, or you write neater or better inks, better pens. Yes. But then Gutenberg was like, no. Let's yeah. just go boom, a oh, totally different way. Right. So I've always been fascinated by that. I've always sort of instinctively tried to do that. Mm -hmm. So the one challenge I think is just the um, even though I really think I've been lucky, based on like my my family, my my parents especially are extremely open. You can do anything; anything's yeah. possible. That stuff. Yeah. But you know, out in the world, when you're trying to do this, the world generally 
speaking likes the way the world is. Yeah. The status quo either is just um, yeah. you know unconsciously going to sit there like a lump and you have to push it along yeah. or it will actively oppose you, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I have not experienced a lot of this or maybe I haven't noticed it because I yeah. don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I think anytime any of the startups I was working on, yes. um, you know, bringing something new to the world is incredibly hard. Yes. And that's yeah. why I define innovation as establishing something in the world. Yes. Not attempting it, not even launching it, yeah. establishing it in the world. Huh. So, so see, that's the difference. Quite interesting, yeah. You see the difference? Yeah. It's it's like in soccer or football. Yeah. You, you, I could pass the ball to you. Yeah. And I you don't get points for that. Yeah. Then you take a shot on goal. It doesn't go in. We don't get yeah. points for that. Yeah. You get points in in that um, world when you get the ball in the net. Right. In innovation, it's not that at all. It's like let's let's just do activity. Yeah. We'll we'll do a lab. Yeah. We'll do a fund. Yeah. We'll do a team and. Yeah. Uh, Frankly, we're barely going to launch anything. Yeah. That's the common thing. Then once in a while, of course. Wait. So wait a second. Yeah. Um, I think that's more common in the corporation. It is. But it's a not startup does not no. survive in a startup. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've, I, yes. It's, yeah. I, I take that for granted, but yeah. you're right. We have yeah. to clarify. Yeah. Yeah. In most of like the real world. Yes. In the real world of government or big companies yes. or nonprofits. Yeah. Um, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, the exception in the world is this area. Yeah. Where I mean, I have whole talks on this, how crazy it is, yeah. and open to new ideas and all yes, that stuff. Right. Um, uh, at the, in the Bay Area, in that metaphor, we're not just passing the ball, yeah. we're taking tons of shots on goal, yeah. and we're scoring, yeah. in my opinion, more than any other place. Yeah. So yeah, the yeah. Bay Area, mm-hmm. or startups around the world, yeah. it's different, because they're yes. launching. Um, yeah. So anyway, back to, so I think my challenge at times has been the, the challenge of someone trying to innovate, is like, you're trying to get something yeah. new into the world. Yeah. So, um, but again, it's I, I love the work so much, it's it's hard to say it's, it's an actual challenge, you know? Right, so yeah. you say, but can you be more, a little bit more specific, like what exactly was it because of how to get a clue? You know, like that's that's too. Oh yeah, generally yeah. Thank you for listening to this wonderful interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. We hope to see you soon in the next part of interview. Stay tuned. Stage 4 Show fan, I hope you loved this interview. COVID-19 made me realize that wisdom from these top industry leaders is invaluable for dealing with uncertainty and building resilience. When you share our show, you're helping change lives too. I love you and I'll see you in the next show. Stage 4 is an educational arm of Dance for Healing. Check out our COVID-19 initiative at www.stage.com iv.org and www.dns4healing.com Welcome to Stage 4 Show, started by a Stage 4 Cancer Conqueror we have a mission to save one meaning life through public education, inspiring stories, design thinking, and technology innovation. Today, we have Bill O'Connor, Hello. who used to be a starving musician. 
right out of college in London. <laughs> this is true. Yes. Yes. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Theo, who are you? Who am I? Well, I'm still uh, I I'm a musician once in a while, and okay. uh, you know, musician at heart. As musician at heart, yeah. Because it's um, starving, so you can't. Really yeah, I'm, do that. I'm starving just on and off during the day. Yeah, still starving intermittently. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny you say musician. Um, so I just did a parody song, not Stairway to Heaven, but Stairway to Innovation. Yeah. Um, oh, and of yeah. course, my innovation nerds liked it as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to be recording that and yeah. putting that up on LinkedIn as well. So I still do music a little bit. Yeah. 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 So who am I in general? Mm -hmm. um, I think it might be good to say I'm a, I'm a, a New Yorker, a Bostonian yeah. originally, but who fell in love with San Francisco yeah. 23 years ago. Um, I met my wife in Boston and we decided to move out here yeah. uh, at the very beginning of the whole dot-com uh, revolution. So I still talk with this slight East Coast accent and I still have uh, that sort of uh, sometimes tough sense of humor that they have on the East Coast. Yeah. But I love I the it. Bay Area and uh, the sense of possibility out here, the weather, all that stuff. So I'm a transplanted East Coaster uh -huh. who's, uh, who's uh, fallen in love with the Bay Area. Wow. That's one aspect of me. <laughs> no, it's really funny. Um, there used to be an article. Um, uh, this lady who moved to New York and wrote an article about, you know, so that the West Coast people in New York, and then there was a response. I forgot which one first, but anyway, there was an article response of like the New Yorkers in LA. <laughs> yes, I think I read something about that. Yeah. 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 Wasn't that funny? Yeah. New Yorkers, I used to be one of them, love to criticize the, the West Coast. Vice yeah. versa, it's a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, it was yeah. really funny. And so like some of the comments, you know, like if you guys familiar with this dynamic, you will have a crack. So basically you were like, the New Yorker was saying the LA people don't believe it when they say let's hang out. Like, yeah, they don't know. Really it's just being polite. No, no, I, there's some truth to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. So um, you are this famous guy oh. at Autodesk for innovation, and then now you started this thing called Vault. And today we are in like the Vault space. You know, yep. look at this classic brick wall yep. right here. Uh, so tell us more about it. Sure. Um, as I said, I've, I've been out here for about 23 years. So mm -hmm. um, my sort of top story is uh, since I've been out here, I've been part of five different startups. Yes. I think there are two successful, two failures. One, you tell me. I don't know. It's hard, you know, a blend. But I've loved being in the startup world. And I worked at Autodesk for more than 10 years yeah. um, as an innovation strategist and an editor of a tech journal and also the CEO speechwriter. Um, and then about two years ago, uh -huh. I started doing innovation consulting full-time. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, Kevin Smith uh, started The Vault. Um, yeah. He's running around here today. Yeah, The Vault's been around for about five years. Um, and it's got uh, sort of about 45 startups, crazy yeah. young kids doing things, doing yeah. all kinds of wild things. Yeah. Um, so I've uh, located my um, consulting practice here yeah. for a bunch of reasons, but also just to get the energy uh, of The Vault. This yeah. place to me is very San Francisco. This is in San Francisco, Silicon Valley is really in San Francisco now, yes, yeah. and um, just because it's, as I say, it's people half my age who still have energy and hope, you know, yeah. and sometimes VC funding, and yeah. they're running around doing all kinds of interesting things. So very interesting environment to do innovation yeah. work. Yeah, and how yeah. is this different than Autodesk? 
Uh, it's very different. Oh, there's a loaded question. Uh-oh. Honesty. Honesty button. Um, well, oh, good question. Yes. Can we turn this off now? I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, the reason I'm asking is I also come from a corporate background. Yes, yes, sure. And then, you know, because of my stage 4 cancer, now I'm like, you know, having like the wildest life in the last couple yeah. of years. You know, so it's always interesting to have people have this oh, sort of Oh, same thing, yeah. Both in the corporate oh, yeah. side and then, you know, in the small staff environment. Yeah, I can, I can answer that for sure. Um, so on the one level, it's funny because my innovation work, the Autodesk Innovation Genome Project, was born at Autodesk. Yeah. Um, my boss, uh, John Pittman, um, uh, that was, who was and is the head of strategy, um, allowed me to start this thing. Yeah. And um, so for about seven years, I was doing it inside Autodesk. Yes. So on the one level, it was a great environment to, to for me to start that level of my innovation work. Yeah. But on the other hand, as I think you're implying, it's like yes. it's slower. Um, I get a perspective now looking back fondly at Autodesk. Yeah. And, um, and it's still an innovative company. But yeah, yeah, the speed with which things happen in big companies necessarily yes. uh, lower than either doing things on your own yeah. or working with, uh, with startups. Yeah. Um, so, and actually, uh, it, it took me a while. So I went into Autodesk a long time ago and I was like, oh, I'm a startup guy. Yeah. And then, you know, being at Autodesk for so long, when I came here at first, yeah. I couldn't believe the pace. Yes. I couldn't believe the pace of the vault. Yeah. And I couldn't believe the pace of the startups. I thought I knew what it meant to be in a startup, yes. but I had forgotten. I didn't feel it viscerally. So when I would, I, I would describe my days at the vault here, mostly building my own thing, yeah. as a toboggan day. Mm -hmm. I would start at the top and, the, and then the day would be over. That's what it felt like. I would wow. come in at 9 whatever and at 5.30 I would think, where did that go? Mm -hmm. and, and I loved working at Autodesk, yeah. but that level of pace was surprising. Like, it was an optical illusion. I yeah. thought, yeah, even though I'm in my like, early 50s, I'm still connected yeah. to like, the startups. Yeah. I had forgotten about the pace. Yeah. Now I feel like I'm back in the swing. Yeah. I'm back in that fast-paced thing. Yeah. So, so I say that's one so way it's different. Took you two years, you know, or well, like how long for you to kind of? Oh, it that? took. Um, I I was only making the jokes about how exhausted I was by the speed yeah. for the first month. Okay. I probably was back into the swing of things um, for the for the first month. For, yeah. Oh, that, that's not too bad. Yeah. Well, the other you were in I know for, for like yeah, a long years. time. Yeah, ten plus. Yeah. Um, but the other difference is, um, yeah, um, just to finish your what different big company. Mm -hmm. So the speed is one yeah. thing. The other thing was being sort of you know uh, safe in a big company. For for years, yeah, and now um, my my work is a lot more working with clients, yeah, and uh, and and figuring out who to work with and, yeah. and pitching people. So it's um it's it's a it's a different skill set in a way, yeah. Um, and the the variety of the work is is much greater. So mm -hmm. so I do like that. Yeah. Yeah, got yes. it. Thank you for listening to this wonderful interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. We hope to see you soon in the next part of interview. Stay tuned! Hey, Stage 4 Show fan! I hope you loved this interview. COVID-19 made me realize that wisdom from these top industry leaders is invaluable for dealing with uncertainty and building resilience. When you share our show, you're helping change lives too. I love you and I'll see you in the next show. Stage 4 is an educational arm of Dance for Healing. Check out our COVID-19 initiative at www.stage.com iv.org and www.dns4healing.com